0: Forever, dog. Let me pull up your depressing. Uh, (laughs) God dang! Don't be
1: mad at him. That's not his fault. No, no, I'm mad
0: because now I had to realize the truth. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, it's not just conjecture. Yeah,
0: before it's like ah, you know.
1: See, this for, is the thing.
2: For like six years, Sheldon, this podcast has been going on, and we've been basically, you know, pontificate. Like, oh, yeah, maybe this is this is what this is what the problem is. And we, yeah. and we would give all these examples that we, you know, that we would think is what's going on, and then your report was just like, "Yep," <laughs> your report just summarized. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh first of all we should we should introduce our uh fantastic guest here uh today uh hold on john you know oh, how to okay. do this okay hold on <clears throat> how do we do this because see, i don't she- know if he wants what you're about <laughs> to do
0: so you're a special guest see bring it on bring it on drums all right okay hold on <laughs> okay those were
1: drums everyone it's sheldon lynn uh, from mckinsey and company's partner in southern california and we are here to talk about this new report that just came out about black representation in film and television which i don't know if you know but that's what our podcast is about
0: (laughs) Yo, i will say this this i saw so many posts about (laughs) this report recently People, basically every black artist feel like, see, I told y'all, I told y'all, value us. We showed, you know, uh, but it sucks when you're right, but,
3: you know? That's what this Yeah, is. <laughs> I, I will say it's quite humbling, the reception the article has gotten. So we, we do appreciate that.
1: That's good. I mean, okay, well, Sheldon, do you want to just, maybe maybe the first question up is just, why did you guys create this report? You know, uh, what were you looking to find out? Uh, yeah. And who did you partner with? Because I know you guys have partnered with.
3: uh Yeah. Let, let me give you a bit of the, the history. And again, thank you for having me. Great. Great to be here with you guys. Um, So just, you know, more broadly, McKinsey as a firm had been doing a fair bit of work on this topic of equity, diversity, inclusion. Yeah, going back, I would say five or so years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did this report called Diversity Wins, which is all about How does diversity in corporate America drive better performance? We've done work on women in the workplace, which you can imagine what that's about. We've done work on the racial wealth gap. And we've recently published a report on race in corporate America. So more broadly, this is a topic we had been paying attention to and investing in. Now, specific to the work in Hollywood film and TV, this happened last summer. came together with an alumnus of the firm, Franklin Leonard, who you may know founded the Blacklist. Uh, he reached out to us uh, in the wake of some announcements we had made around just more amplified research and investment in racial equity. And that brought together a, a collaboration with the Black Light Collective to um, look at this specifically, right? And uh, we we're able to, over the period of five, six months, spend some real time digging into the subject here.
0: See, this, this report feels like the ultimate, I told you so. And what I mean is, <laughs> it feels like somebody was having a discussion. With a white exec about, like, hey, it'd be more profitable if y'all, like, you know, supported diverse. Nah, what do you mean it doesn't play international? And somebody was like, oh, okay. Left <laughs> came back with every fact and was like, all right, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. That's what like. <laughs> they came in with, yeah, with the s- spool of the report, <laughs> like, look, this is all of the data. I mean, I mean, mean, it does. It feels, I mean, it's so thought out. Sorry, you're going to break.
1: No, no, you're right. I I was just going to say, because like, like Gerard's been saying, you know, this is something we've been talking about for quite some time. And of course, we were using our eyes, you know, (laughs) we were just using, you know, kind of, I guess, anecdotal evidence of our own experience, seeing, watching different films, talking about it. But can you. Tell us how you guys kind of collected this data. You know where because there's all these amazing graphs. And by the way, um, anybody can go online uh, to check out this report. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty widely spread amongst the the industry now. If you just type in McKinsey, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, black representation, you'll find it pretty easily. But yeah, can you tell us a little bit about how you guys collected all the data?
3: I, I, absolutely. And I will say the one you know perhaps benefit I had coming in along with some of my collaborators, was I was new to the industry. So I had not studied this subject professionally. Mm. So I was coming in with All fresh right. eyes. And as so, you said... So, so,
1: uh, objective POV. You hear that oh, guy? So See, he's, not, he's not an actor trying to make it like we are.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the absence of that kind of talent, I, I focus on a research question. Um. Yeah, but but uh, we came in with fresh eyes and we looked at this through a couple of different lenses. One was... What are the cold, hard facts on state of representation? And we did go below the surface, so we didn't look at just the obvious. And then we also interviewed over 50 Black professionals in the industry just to get a sense of their lived experiences as they tried to navigate and build a career. Mm. So we we brought some rigor around how to approach a question. And again, because we didn't have any legacy around having worked in the industry that allowed us to come in with a fresh perspective, almost as a kind of an a dispassionate view of the industry. And um, to give some credit, a fair bit of work has been going on, right? And we did benefit from work by Dr. Hunt and his team at UCLA, Dr. Smith and her team at USC. Uh, There's been a fair bit of work on the subject. We did try to bring an integrated perspective, try to combine the view of the lived experiences of black professionals, and then paint a picture of the business case. So what does this all add up to in terms of the economic cost? But um, certainly came in with relatively fresh eyes to the to the questions.
0: See, it's right. something that is so fascinating to me. Where it's, um, and I'm, I, I know you said the reception has been really well. I've seen a lot of black artists post it, but what has it been outside of like black people? Because the thing is, is this article says Hollywood is losing a mass amount of money by not supporting diversity. So to me, it's one of these things of if we continue on this path. Now that we have this report, Hollywood is actively choosing to do this. You know what I mean? I like before we always knew we didn't get a lot of support when it comes to quote unquote black films and stuff like that. But have you seen a change um, in the studios itself? Like has anything happened that you've been aware of?
3: Well, I will say, Gerard, it's early days yet, right? So I think we're three days in and uh, people are still reading and absorbing. It was quite a lengthy report with lots of charts, as John said. Um, So early days yet. We expect there will be some reaction. Our view that is, is a couple of things, right? So number one, it is important, we would say, to recognize that it, what we found were a set of practices, customs, norms, structures, that you could say have been in place for decades. Some may say even over a hundred years, right? So these have become calcified. The net effect is that it creates real hurdles for Black professionals to say nothing of other underrepresented groups in entering, navigating. So, I, I do think recognizing that this is a longstanding, deeply entrenched, multi company challenge is important. And then, you know, looking forward, we have an optimistic view of how this will be received. Because you mentioned lots of dollars at stake here, $10 billion to be specific. But also, let's think about the art form, right? So, how many more great pieces of artwork could we see if there was true equal access? So, our view is that. You know, pr- after being perhaps slightly upset or finding these findings to be sobering, we, we hope to turn the corner to what's the path forward. Yeah.
1: Amazing. I want to. Pu- I want to uh, kind of hone in on this. I think one of the graphs, <laughs> a little bar graph that I feel felt like was one of the most striking to me, and, and because we also have this uh, experience, which is kind of the racial mix of off-screen talent based on race and film, right? So, uh, you know, you guys found that, well, here we go. Like, if, if a film has one Black producer, that means at least 42% of the films with at least one Black producer is going to have a Black director. Okay, that's pretty incredible. You're like, all right, well, that's awesome. If the film has no Black producers, only 3% of those films have a Black director, and those, those films make up 92% of the share that's of films right. <laughs> in the industry. And then when it comes to writers, that's even worse. You see, we, you know, Gerard is a director, so he's trying to direct. We all trying to write. <laughs> We're trying to write a film right now. And I'm looking at this graph, and it says that out of the 92% of films that have no Black producers, there's less than 1% of those films that have a Black writer. So black people are putting black people on, you know, this is something we already know. Um, But I don't know where I mean, I know you're you were coming out at this, um, you know, from outside the industry different. But was that kind of shocking to you?
3: (laughs) Well, certainly the magnitude was surprising because, again, we are watching films. where all audience members here. And, you know, it's actually pretty reserved representation on screen. So the number, the facts were quite surprising at least in the detail, we had seen similar dynamics from work we had done in women in the workplace in terms of women managers hiring more women professionals, for example. But you're right. These numbers are quite, quite, quite shocking. And I think the broad takeaway we had was that even though the numbers overall are quite low, even as the numbers are quite low, most of those numbers of representation occur on account of the handful of Black professionals who've made it creating right. opportunities mm. for others so again the facts once you peel it back they do um shock you a bit to be honest
1: yeah Ooh. and to speak from personal experience just a little bit because this is something so interesting like we um you know we created a, a netflix show now we had a black producer so we're we fall into <laughs> this category yeah. where you know what i mean we you know, we had Kenya Barris uh, help produce. So we had a Black producer. And and as a show, we wanted to make sure, you know, we had a diverse crew behind the behind the camera. But we also realized that it was tough because making those choices felt like, well, to make sure that you get Black people behind the camera, you have to take chances on people. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, hire people who don't have the lengthy resumes that white people have. So it's kind of this compounding effect. And you guys talked about uh, that a lot in your report. Do you, yeah. Is there any other ways you can elaborate on that? How like the yeah. compounding effect? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I think that compounding <laughs> effect is, you know, an important one for us to unpack. And again, the approach we took to look at the data, the facts and, you know, new and different ways, but also the lived experience was, you know, quite quite instructive. And if you think about some of the conversations we had that revealed how people got into the industry, which again, as an outsider, you might say, well, there's recruiting on campus and you apply for a job, you get a job and there you go. And one of the white executives spoke to said, look, my big break came because my future boss went to the school I went to and he sent an email announcing an internship to three schools, the arts clubs at three schools. And that's how I got in. And by the way, it was an unpaid or very near to unpaid internship. And let's face it, I only was able to take this job because I had the financial background to be able to go without, you know, a living wage. So I think if you unpack some of the dynamics around how you get in, what accounts for an acceptable pitch, a perspective on what kinds of stories you can tell, it starts to all add up to these dynamics where, again, people work with who look like them. And, And we don't assign any malintent. To our mind, some of these are blind spots based on who you are, based on your background, which is all the more reason for, you know, the call for more diversity, because again, diverse perspectives create a more holistic view of empathy, right? So, um, and the, the ability to connect with people. So again, these are the things that have built up over time, many, many decades, if you will.
0: Oof, but one of the charts, and this, this is, there's nothing going to be nothing for you to say about this chart. It just, like, makes me mad because it's something I feel like we've talked about a lot. There's the the chart about, um, what is it, white actors getting fast-tracked nearly twice as much as lead actors um, right. as black actors do. We've talked, there have been movies where we talked about how, like, this young black kid has, like, done tremendous work, you know, people keep talking about him, whereas his young white equivalent will have four movies laid out from doing one movie. Like I, the thing is, uh, I remember I forgot which comedian said it. There was like you know, if it's one thing Hollywood loves is a blonde white woman, and it's like when you think about the Oscars and all these award shows, those are the type of people that will be nominated every year. Like you, you may have a couple years where you don't see a black person, but you got to be damned <laughs> if it's like the best actors category, you will see at least one blonde white woman. And it's one of those things where I would love to know, did when you guys were getting the facts, did people have a reason like? What I just am so it's so hard for me to understand, like how you can have two people who are good, one's black, one's white, and be like, all right, we're going to support this one and not know you're supporting the white one on purpose. I just, it's just very hard for me to think that that's an yeah. answer.
3: There are multiple factors, Jarrah. And I wouldn't say, again, we we don't assign any malintent. Uh, we just look at the underlying dynamics and factors that together account for the outcomes we're seeing. And on the the whole notion of, Early on in their careers, white actors getting almost twice as many roles. I think that has real consequences, right? So obviously early on trying to establish those credits. And also, if we go back to the backgrounds people come from, going two or three years without a job could mean you, you know, someone getting dislodged permanently. I listened to a podcast recently and one of our most beloved black actors today was lamenting that he was out of the business for two years on the verge of leaving until he got his big break from a writer who was black, right? So, and who also directed the movie that he was his big break. And now he is well-celebrated, received an award last week. So again, this whole idea of pure at-bats, it has to do with what stories get told. Uh, You you might've seen the quote on when black creatives are pitching, it's either Wakanda or poverty. It is a view that black uh, creatives can only speak about experiences, not the full creative spectrum. And it all feeds into what roles are available. And that feeds into who, who is cast in the role. And the other thing we, we found too, which you guys might get to eventually, is this whole idea of getting funneled into race specific films. So, needless to say, James Brown. This one hurt. Right? This um, one hurt. Lee I shot <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I think one of these- <laughs> We try to get below the obvious, right? So let's unpack this seven different ways to see if we're getting any false positives here. And when we brought the movies into ones that were race-specific, so again, race is crucial to the film identity. So a biopic, a documentary, James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Selma, Lincoln, right. J.K., Jed Caruso. Half of
1: them star <laughs> Chadwick Boseman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> make perfect sense. And the yeah. audience is expecting to see Black creatives on screen. But when you go to where the vast majority of films occur, and the vast majority of funding, then there's much more representation. In fact, I, I think you have twice the chance of getting into a film where it's race-related if you're a Black creative than if it's race agnostic, so you know, Star is Born, Toy Story, Hunger Games, you could go farther back, Mission Impossible, 007. So when you start to group the movies, then you start to see these patterns where Black creatives do tend to get funneled towards certain topics, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with that, but it would be a shame to stop there because we do know that there's more to Black creative expression than just race specific or experiential projects.
2: Well, something that your report goes into that that I think is is related to this, but it doesn't talk about it in this way, is like, is that thing of um, an executive, if they if they can identify themselves in the experience, then they know how to pitch it. And then therefore, those types of projects get get pushed ahead, you know, and we we've sort of talked about how like so then, yes, someone who's not black can understand that something race related. Oh, that's, that's why it's important for this creator to do it because they're, they are of that race. Right. Um, a thing that blew my mind though, in this, in this sort of same, uh, area where you talk about this is there's this graph, uh, uh where, where films with black off screen talent have smaller budgets, despite having earnings, mm. having higher earnings per dollar of the budget that, that, Blew my mind, and and because I I didn't realize that that was true, and I hadn't th- I hadn't thought about it in that way of like you know the they have a smaller budget, but they are making more money, and and then you know it just takes an executive putting more money into the project <laughs> for them to, p- to potentially earn more money off of that.
3: Yeah, I, I think you know this kind of starts to get into recommendations around the importance of using more systematic objective metrics to evaluate and fund the projects. Um, Part of the work to be done that our team was able to put together was data across all these attributes in terms of who was in the film, who was behind the camera, what was the funding for production, marketing, number of markets that the film was distributed in, and started to paint a picture of the ROI. What is the return on investment? And and from, from what we heard, There are many cases where the metrics are just not as well developed to have an informed perspective on how to channel dollars to the films that would have the best return. And to your point, it was surprising that Black-led films did, in fact, earn 10% more for every dollar invested in marketing. The number was Mm -hmm. $0.16 more in dollar terms for every dollar spent in marketing. And again, just unpacking the data started to bring to light some of these you might call inefficiencies in how you allocate resources, yeah, but
2: if they, but if there's less money spent on marketing for these projects <laughs> and the budget is small, then therefore <laughs> it's not making a lot of money, you know,
1: compared to these other movies. And it's just like, right. <laughs> I think people get
3: confused with like... Not in total, but it's a strong correlation. We did all the math on on the back end, a strong correlation between... Obviously, the creative storytelling does help and who's on screen does help. But it's a strong correlation between the return in the marketplace and investment made in marketing. And, um, you know, the the facts did bear out that these films do earn, on average, 16 cents more per dollar spent on marketing.
2: Yeah. And th- this made me think of, um, and this is slightly different, but this made me think of the phase on love incident that happened a couple years ago where he, you mm-hmm. know, he was cut out of an international poster for this, him and the, the, his, his female counterpart, um, co-star was that the Alien cut movie? out. It, no, was it was for, couples um, retreat. um oh, what was wow. it called? Couples retreat, I think, right? Couples, re- couples retreat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and, and, you know, and because, they're being they're being less in this in this sort of same section. You talk about how there are less black people in the in marketing in, in the marketing department, you know. And so then they look at that and they're like, well, face on love's not gonna <laughs> face on love's not gonna sell, so we have to cut him out of this movie. It just blo- it blows my mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, and there are two things at play here. One is, as you said, the makeup of the key roles that make choices on you kind know, of how do we fund, when do we distribute, etc. And we talked about the boardroom, the executive suites, marketing departments, et cetera. And there's also some mythologies that have persisted over time that Black talent does not travel. And one of the most heartbreaking stories that we heard personally was uh, one of the Black creatives that we spoke to talked about being in Shanghai and seeing these 40-foot-high billboards of iconic American brands advertising with Black models. And trying to juxtapose that with what he was hearing in these rooms around where the film can can go, and again, lots of iconic American brands are putting forward black models to you know market their products in the far reaches of the earth. And at the same time, you know, in in many cases, we're not hearing the same um, line of thinking in, in Hollywood. And if you look at you know athletes and top selling jerseys, there's a whole bunch of factors that you can look at as analogs to tell you that. This mythology is not factually backed up. And we did look at that specifically, by the way. We looked at the number of markets that a film with a, a black lead was placed in versus a white lead. And, any, and we looked at this for over three or four years, and the numbers were consistent. So black-led films hmm. were on average placed in 30% fewer markets, right? as high as 37% two or three years ago. right? So if a film with a white lead is in 44 markets, that may be 32 markets for a film with a black lead. Even though, coming back to the ROI argument, even though the film with the black lead was making, you know, more per market than the film with a white lead. So again, lots of facts that would challenge the orthodoxies and mythologies around black films don't travel. Hmm. You know,
0: (laughs) children I respect, <laughs> um your positive because you keep saying without mal um, malintent. And in my mind, every time I hear this, I'm like Nah, brother. Nah,
1: <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That's our.
0: Right. That's right, our. Yeah, our
1: show is, is it, not was gonna all place those. He, he's a, see, see, nah, He's, a, see, he's I, an analyst. See, I, I
4: love. He's basing
0: it on the facts.
1: You know, he's, he's basing this on facts. But now the facts. Chell, back, my, just this not. is my last question for you, though.
2: Is how much did, did the success of Black Panther just fully offset everything you were trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> did, did Did Black Panther being just the juggernaut of a movie that it was just sort of throw off things like when you're trying to <laughs> when you're trying to prove that things. Are, are under. Well,
3: well, well, let me put this back to you then. So, for every Black Panther, every Get Out, every Bridgerton, there's probably two, three, four more, right? So, for every Jordan Peele, every Ryan Kugler, every Shonda Rhimes, there's probably two or three more, right? We just haven't found her because she's living in Louisiana or Georgia or, or Tennessee. Maybe she's going to an HBCU or two year college. So my view would be, as opposed to Black Panther saying, hey, you know, here's an example of progress, it's an example of potentially, what are we missing, right? If the ecosystem, which we didn't talk about here today, the whole idea that Hollywood is not a company, it's an ecosystem that self reinforces right? So in any given week, a Black professional or any professional has to navigate agencies, unions and guilds, studios, networks, production companies, financiers, distribution, marketing, film critics, right? Awards establishment. So this whole idea that Black Panther was successful, to me, and again, we talk about $10 billion, but what, what are we losing in the art, right? What are we missing out? How many Shonda right. Rhymes are we missing? How many Jordan Peels, right? So that's your perspective, you know, for the art, for the economics, and then not to say anything off the moral imperative here, to just tell more uplifting stories and give access to the full spectrum of black freedom expression. That's an absolutely right. perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
1: Hey, so Perfect response to that. <laughs> so um, you guys, you you all did end this report uh, with some suggestions on how to fix this, because the, another thing that you mentioned that, you know, we've talked about, too, uh, is There are times in which, you know, you call it market shock. Essentially, there are like these dips that happen where things are going well, because we've had this talk before. This isn't the first time Hollywood has talked about the fact that they needed more diversity and inclusion. You know, maybe we're using different words now, but it's been there before. Um, But then all of a sudden, like, you know, we see here with your graphs, like, uh, you know, the dip will happen and, and, and then it will go get much lower, you know, there's these rises and falls. And basically, you know, if the, if the, if the industry isn't doing well, then uh, kind of the diversity suffers. So how can the industry make sure that these changes are permanent and that, um, you know, we can get this, what, what we're all supposedly achieving for, which is this equity.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John, that's a great question. And You know, the report spells out four specific actions or sets of actions that the industry can take. I probably would start with the first one, which is around the need, we would say the absolute need to have a cross-industrial approach. And again, I made a point earlier that this is an ecosystem, not a company. And you've seen this before, we've had cycles where an award show, feels some pressure and do some action. Then last week, another award show So no given company, no matter how well-intended or how far they go, can solve the challenge just because you cannot be successful without navigating the full spectrum of multiple entities. But this whole idea of needing a coordinated, well-funded third party to drive the agenda is probably the most crucial point to make. And I would add to the point, in the absence of that effort, that structure, what you will have is the black tax. where Black professionals are the ones kind of pushing this rock up the hill, time that we would say they should have otherwise been spending on creating the next great blockbuster or TV series. But that, that's probably the most important solution. The other things around ensuring representation, boardroom, executive suite, behind the camera, uh, on screen, there, which means you, you would need to expand the, the net in terms of where you're recruiting how you think about paying a living wage for folks who are thinking about student loans in the first job they take or helping family members in the first job they take, your actions around just transparency, uh, sharing data, tracking progress, not just for black representation, by the way, right? So we haven't spoken about Latinx, Asian American, Native Americans, mental health, you name it, uh, tracking progress, putting some real commitment behind these metrics in terms of uh compensation, for example, for top executives, and then investment. So where are you spending your dollars, right? So we talked about the underfunding for production, for marketing. Let's make sure we look at those annual budgets that reflect uh, what we want to see on screen. So we would say there is a path forward. The good news is that there's a pot of gold, $10 billion, and there's the art form, right? So there is the explosion of more creative content for us all to enjoy.
1: Love it. So, I mean thank you so much for hopping on and 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 talking with us uh and thank you and and your colleagues for creating this report it is it is needed like look it is sad but it's true uh we can make podcasts talk about this all day from the comedic angle but sometimes until people see raw numbers until they see that data they they you know they it's easy for them to brush it away but this you know this report really makes it hard for people um, to ignore the the problem that so many of us have been talking about for quite some time, and it and it also I think it does help. You guys have you know kind of quite brilliantly elocuted um, how you know we can take a step forward. Uh, so yeah, just wanted to thank you on behalf of all the black creators in the industry. Thank you for what you do.
3: Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having me on.
0: No man, thanks yeah. for being here, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: Uh, all right, guys. Thank you. Uh, we'll get into our episode now. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Billy Gage. What more can I say? Black men can't jump in Hollywood. Black actors,
3: man. Black actors. All right. All right.
1: All right. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City! White man
2: <laughs> with a black woman's butt. <laughs> How you fit that back there? <laughs> what the fuck?
3: Yeah, I didn't find
2: the actual I should have just kept rewinding book. it to find it <laughs>
0: correctness. <laughs> yes, but it's something yes. like that. That song was dope. That's yes. what it is. <laughs> That's what yes. It is. That song was great. Great?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um for those of you. Who don't know don't do very this very collected, we you know, <laughs> just authentic, Ugh. commanding voice you are listening to right now is Jonathan Braylock.
0: I'm a pass.
1: That that's Jerome I'm right pass. There.
0: No he no no passing. no. I don't even go after that. I'm a pass. Okay. And this voice that everyone's
2: hearing right now, that's coming into your earlobes in this wonderful way oh, is boy. James Third.
0: Oh my god. That
2: took Ooh. entirely
1: too long. Um, <laughs> I felt like you were nervous
2: to do it. That that? I wasn't sure what I was going to say,
1: you mm-hmm. know. So that was I a real
0: plan. Well, I don't like. It.
1: We are uh, we are a podcast uh, that reviews movies. We review movies. Yeah. You know. <laughs> The leading <laughs> Black actors in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Woo, tell them. But we do have a special guest today that we got to introduce.
0: Yes. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You know, they're doing a and special Tiroc movie, so gonna I'm going to do something a little different. Hold on. Some, no, I'm going to do something a little different. Oh, something different. Oh. 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 <laughs> yes, it's a little different. All, <laughs> All right. right. A little 40-year-old version
1: of this. All right. <laughs> uh, was,
0: Why are you doing the light? Why are you doing <laughs> the light? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everyone
0: trying to get it, to the stage. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get it, I'm trying to get it Wait, wait hold wait, on,
1: wait, I'm, I'm a beatbox, I'm a beatbox Hold on, wait, okay, okay here, okay, okay, here we go Okay, okay James, okay, James <laughs> Hey, Samara oh. Hernandez, Ch- Shamara <laughs> Hernandez, coming to the stage You <laughs> so oh. can beatbox this mm. whole time, we mm. know you, mm. nigga mm.
0: She's <laughs> G- J- comedian uh, uh, uh,
1: uh. <laughs> Guys, Shamera, uh, welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood Welcome. Thank you so
4: much i'm so thank excited you. to be here
1: thank you for being here
4: off, nigga,
0: what He out He beatboxing i'm doing these damn <laughs> drums. you can offer the beatbox to at least a couple times we
2: this has definitely happened before it's
4: just been so long. i don't remember
0: it <laughs> <laughs> <Lord>.
4: <laughs> and the drums have their place in the pantheon you can't replace the drums
0: See? That's true, but you can but see we can take the drums, add a little beatbox box to it, and then mm. break your rap. Now we got a whole song out here. Mm. Shoot, sure. we could be the 40 mm. year old version.
1: Today, we are reviewing the 40 year old version, and um, it's great to have Shamara here uh, because she's not only uh, an actor and comedian, she's also mm. a singer and a rapper.
4: Oh, shit. <laughs> I got some flow. I do a little she bit. She got some flow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> shit. This, uh,
1: this film came out on Netflix last year um, and was written by and directed by Rada Blank. And what else do we need to say? Well, there is no box office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, as we've uh, been saying, there Sundance. is no box office. <laughs> uh, but it did premiere at Sundance. Sundance. Mm-hmm. It has a 98%. On Rotten Tomatoes, sixty nine percent audience score. Interesting. That's lame. That's lame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> um, but it was uh, it was kind of up for like it was in the it was in the in the ether for the award season. But it, it looks yeah. like it hasn't really hasn't really been getting the love. Definitely not from the the big ones like Golden Globes or the Academy. Uh, I'm trying to think of a got any. Smaller award. I'm trying to check that out right now, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I feel a like it was a, it was one of those. Snubs. I think it got
4: a BAFTA. I feel like I read that. Did it get a BAFTA, or was it nominated for a BAFTA?
1: Okay, it <laughs> might have been nominated for a BAFTA. Ugh, why BAFTA. can't I find this? All right. I think well, it, we'll, I we'll, think we'll it got a BAFTA.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, NAACP, um, okay, and then British Academy Film Awards. That's oh, BAFTA. that's a little different, huh? Was well, no BAFTA awards for. For best actress and leading in leading oh. role. In. Yep. Oh, good for her. Ferrata. Specifically Ferada. So
1: for her and for her acting. Yes, for her acting. Best leading actress. Yep. Got it. That's amazing. Hey. Isn't Bafta? that
4: huge? Right. <laughs> that is actually is that huge? very huge. <laughs> that's Put some that's a respect a huge deal. on her BAFTA, boys. Is this yeah. like <laughs>
1: Is the, what, what the was the most tea? Amazing... I feel like you forgot the t you were like british tv <laughs>
2: Academy. Yeah. is
1: it film and television awards yeah
2: yeah it's weird it's it's weird that the name is i've never had a reason to look <laughs> 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 i've never had a reason to look close at this
1: <laughs> All right. guys i don't think there's anything else oh yeah i mean essentially the the film is uh loosely based on blink's own life she is a playwright Um, And a teacher who's nearing her fortieth birthday, you know, I guess it's kind of having what you maybe consider like a little bit of a midlife crisis, and she decides, hey, maybe I want to rap. So that's kind of the the premise. Um, Shall we get into initial thoughts? We absolutely must. Samira, would you like to uh, kick us off?
4: I would like to begin.
1: (laughs) Oh wow, Um, that was I love I love the intro to that. Yeah. Yeah. let me begin
4: (laughs) it's yikes i mean so my initial thoughts i love seeing uh like a plus size female rapper on screen doing anything so that was just very affirming it's like wow she's out here Mm -hmm. but then i feel like for a lot of the rest of the movie i was like i don't believe it like i just i'm watching it and i'm like Mm. i don't believe it you know Ooh, what I mean?
0: you starting off spicy? No, like you don't still. believe
2: you don't believe how? Uh, what do you mean? Like the the fact that it was just like yes, we love this woman rapping and the music and like the way that that panned out, or what?
4: I think it's more like I feel like I'm going. This is not quite initial thoughts. This is like notes of spice immediately. But mm-hmm. I think um, I mean I enjoyed. I enjoyed most of it. I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's two, it's fully two hours. Okay. Um, And I was like, yeah, I just, I enjoyed like the, the elements of like New York and Brooklyn, like culture and style. I liked the musical interludes. There were some parts that I think they're telling the story in a very, uh, I don't know, like a very like look at the camera and wink kind of way. Like it's so Mm -hmm. over the top and, like some of that, it just took me out of it. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, now she's looking at the camera and now she's like, like now it's become a a caricature of itself. But I, overall, I think I really enjoyed how it kind of explores this thing of like, like, do I make the art for the audience or for myself? And like, what kind of art do I want to make? I enjoyed like thinking about those things while watching this movie, but I guess we'll get into the rest.
1: All right. I enjoy this movie. I, I do, you know, I feel like we've been saying this a lot. Maybe it's because we watched too many movies, but I do think it was a little long, especially just because only 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 because like the the premise of the film is, you know, it's it's not what's drawing you in. You're not necessarily draw, drawn in by the premise, right? It's very simple. And so there's not much to those story beats in and of itself. It's more just the sad fact that it is a novelty to see a black woman <laughs> leading a comedy. Film that is uh, not just like Tiffany Haddish or like whoever is the hot black female comedian yeah. of the time, right? And so I do feel like um, there was a lot of authenticity in terms of like the students, her teaching, like a lot of that. Like I've I've uh, I've done work like play <laughs> play work with like uh, you know kids in, in in the New York public school systems and like. It's like that. That all felt very real, and it was fun. Those kids were—I loved those kids. They were very fun. Um, there are there are f- there are a lot of moments in this movie where I was like, I laughed, and I was like, "This is cool." The rapping in and of itself was like was like okay. Like I wasn't I wasn't like blown away by. I would I, I would say the 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 one time that was pretty cool was her freestyle backstage before her performance, in which she bombs I I think that was the one that I like connected with them the, with the <laughs> most and even though it's not actually free it was like the characters' freestyling obviously the, it wasn't or I don't know maybe it was
3: maybe
4: it was yeah. maybe it
1: was but yeah like I I wasn't you know the the romance aspect of it was was okay like you know that I was I don't know like there wasn't that much there and you know the play aspect of it had there were some like like cool little points she made um but the play itself felt a little different than what i feel like the type of play she's commenting on that goes on broadway is like i i don't i actually don't think it ends the way that her play ended but we can talk about that so yeah i mean i definitely thought she had a certain presence about her on screen and like I was really like I was I was coming in and out, but I was really connected at certain moments. And I think that had to do a lot with her and some of the other actors that I thought, you know, did a good job. Um, So, yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, Didn't need to be in black and white, but that's that's my own bias (laughs) right? to pick with. I never like movies in black and white when they're, like, now. <laughs> I just don't. I don't, I don't, almost never feel like there's an actual reason for it to be in black and white. Anyway, that's break just
2: see You know, because people see the world in black and white, yeah. but Rada <laughs> saw the gray.
1: Oh, yeah. And there was a little color too, at the end. Do you see that? See I gray. mean, there yeah. are different moments of color, but at <laughs> the end it was, like, very low. Anyway, I'm sure Jira caught that.
0: All right, yeah. you guys uh, You know, I'll go. <laughs> I didn't like it. Uh, Damn! <laughs> I respect, At I all? respect no <laughs> no I didn't I was I Was
4: that?
0: this is my thing I I like the story of people trying to make it and being older and trying to make it so that I thought was great I like that she got it made uh, like was it I like the kids like you know like one of the kids is on say by the Bell and she's great uh, the other kid was in uh, you know Vampires versus the Bronx I thought she was great I, you know what I agree, with I thought that movie was so long, and then at one point I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what after a while, like what I was supposed to be watching. Like then I was like, I'm supposed to care about her and the rapping producer, dude. Like, I don't know, man. I don't want to talk bad about it. I'm happy she got it made. I'm happy Lena produced it. Happy it got in Sundance. Is it my cup of tea? Maybe that's not the case. Because I think the thing is. If you're gonna deal with like those levels of struggle, which she really did do, I don't know. It felt just, dis- I felt distracted. It felt like
4: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It felt like unfocused, but uh, you know, that uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't wanna keep going. I just didn't like it. It just wasn't for me, you know. But but God bless. And I loved this movie. I, I thought it was great.
2: It <laughs> was great.
0: There we go. I,
2: thought, I mean, look, for what it was, which is literally quite literally a a playwright of a certain age reinventing herself, I thought it was I thought it was great. Like the story was interesting to me. It felt like I loved the way she showed New York. I sort of similar to Bray like have taught these classes and like (laughs) when you're like trying to figure out like what is, don't I have a voice and don't I have a vision? I don't know. I feel like I connected to specifically what she was going through. Like my wife is teaching kids right now. (laughs) You know, we're, we're both 35. She's teaching kids drama right now. And, and, and I was, I was just doing this just a couple years ago. And like, I don't know. It just felt, it felt very real to me and felt very like, I don't know. It felt like it felt very, it did feel very much like a playwright writing in, in, in a different medium. I mean, I know she writes TV and stuff and like, and has done screenwriting, but specifically Hmm. this like felt like it felt like something that you could see on, on stage, but like doing the things that you can do in film, um, this pl- the play at the end was so funny <laughs> to me like the the all of the different things that like felt like a, a white n- note of blackness <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like yeah. all of the singing and everything I I I, <sighs> ju- I loved all of that I don't know I had a great I had
1: a great time watching it. <laughs> So, uh, I'm trying to think how the movie, uh, starts. Um, it's, uh,
2: it's her like being in the classroom, right? Yeah. It's her, it's her being late. It's her being late to,
4: she wakes up
1: to
2: the class. She wakes up and it's like,
1: she has the, the brother's like messages playing. Right. Well, there's,
4: yeah, there's a, there's an interesting, a colorful scene, not literally colorful, but like a weird scene before that where she's like in bed
1: right i realize no doesn't it start with the like spikely kind of interviews yes talking talking to talking to camera yeah like what is it like oh you're turning 40 you know all that stuff like yeah what it means to be turning 40 and Mm -hmm. you have the it's like the two kids from her class and like right
2: some and the people from around the neighborhood and so, right. And, and the some old people old, who older we realize woman... later, we are only going to see in this box. And then some people who like are, are woven into the world. Break out.
1: Right. There's the older woman. There's the grocery store guy. uh, Like clerk. Right. I, I think because he's like behind yeah. the counter. And then there's the two of the students, two of the students. Oh, it was a hair story. My bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like uh,
2: that, old, that, like, that older story. woman had to be somebody from just off the street who Rada actually passes every day. I, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, That's what it felt yeah, like. That
1: yeah. That woman had 100%. To be yeah. <laughs> and she was, who, she was funny. Like, she was like, talk to me when you're like, 40. <laughs> I didn't even start living my life till I was 40. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> talk to me when you're 70, you know? That was great. Yeah. Was there, yeah. And then, so yeah. And then she's late for the bus. We kind of like see she's like, doesn't have her doesn't have her life together right as we're taken from this and she's she's running late and she's on the bus and she has that part where that was it was pretty funny where there are uh, a couple of people with disabilities out there and she's like oh can i actually can i just get off first before you do this and then he's like oh hold up everybody.'m like this lady doesn't want me to let the people with disabilities on the bus she's like no no <laughs> you know yeah. And I was like, look, and we've all had that dark thought of, when you're rushing. you know, you're, you're rushing and then you're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> yeah. to take another, <laughs> another five, five more minutes. Um, yeah. And then she gets the class and. Yeah, I, I mean, this classroom scene was I thought was great. Like you just <laughs> the classroom was my
0: favorite stuff. Like, I, like yeah, I, I almost wish because I like seeing the kids and you knew kind of what was going to happen with. Um, Amani Lewis's character who's kind of like the quote unquote girl in the class who like oh, okay. you can tell who wants that to Rosa? be in there uh, oh no, that? no. no oh, Elaine. 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 Elaine, Elaine you can tell she wants to be there but like she's going through a lot and like that's the kid you know you want to see connect with I almost wish this movie was just her and these kids most of the time because I feel like sometimes when you teach kids it's it's the hardest part for me teaching improv to kids is when one of them little niggas is really good and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and you don't handle notes, and it's like, damn, this motherfucker gonna be famous. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, wish, but I, <laughs> I, I, I almost wish it was focusing on like the duality of being older and seeing, you know, still trying to make it, but also seeing this new generation and finding your place in it. Again, not to tell her how to make her movie, but like this stuff was the most fun. And then seeing Rosa interact, who, this actress is on saved by the bell the yeah. new one the reboot and it's awesome so oh okay yeah uh, she's great in that so good so good but yeah i love <laughs> DCs. like
1: <laughs> yeah because you had like rosa who who liked her right like mm-hmm. and was like defending miss b the whole time and then elaine who uh winds up like chewing her out in this scene in this like just completely cut like a, a teenager Oof. could cut you to the quit like real <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah just, just laying her out they, like,
2: <laughs> but the fact that you write a, play them in a had jabs that made the kids like like each of them had jabs that made the kids go oh like that's oh, so, oh too funny oh, to me <laughs>
4: oh I feel like this is where I started being like, OK, but it's over the top, though. Like, is that yeah. maybe I just need to accept that as like a a style of storytelling or something. But it's like, would you really disrespect a teacher? Like, maybe I don't know. Like, there are teachers in the room. If that's how they really talk to you, then, you know, shout out to you. But yes, I, was like, oh, I
1: do gosh. think that
2: like a kid c- can talk back. Mm-hmm. I thought that she was going to like shut it down more. <laughs> like in a more like I'm actually shutting this down <laughs> way, mm-hmm. but a lot of times in those after school programs, you can't even like discipline you you can't yeah, you discipline. Don't the feel oh, like okay. you have authority,
1: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. to do much. You know, yeah, I do think a kid would do that for like a, a high school kid would do that for sure, especially when they're feeling threatened in some way. Um, but the way she handled it was like great as well. It made me go okay, like she's a she's a person who can she's dealt with this before. She can handle it. Um, except then you realize like it really got to her. That was the other thing too. I think it was the fact that like, she was just like, damn, ouch, Elaine. <laughs> <was like, laughs> Cause like, it's clearly like what she's been thinking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I feel like I've seen some of those scenes before where the kids are like really pushing it, like the actors. And I felt I felt like in this, I don't know, it felt a little bit more natural. Like, I mean, it was, I could, I don't know.
0: Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I like I the kids, the yeah. kids felt like a little reckless. Like, man, I don't know. I used to teach up in the Bronx and they was reckless, man. Like, I don't know. Like this felt like, I mean, they may not have cursed you out. Actually, that's not true, man. There is one kid I remember who would curse you out in the classes way, would never use curse words. So you couldn't say he, um, like use foul language, but he would say stuff that would be so cutting that this other, um, teacher or sub or whatever would be hurt. Like you saw my man get broken down, make fun of my boy's shoes his pants, mm. his button-up shirt that was a little oversized. <laughs> it was like, like his comb it's,
2: over. Wow, that was a little oversized. That hurt yeah. me just hearing it is, that. It is, <laughs> it is oh, so man.
0: specific. It is one of those things where they know you feel um, self-conscious about it and it's like... Right, exactly. It's like, oh, I'm about to just say it out
4: loud. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting way for us to see her insecurities like through the the words of a, like a teenager. So yeah, that right. was, that was useful. And then,
2: and, and then after the, in the scene right after this, when the, when the kid in class is just like hitting on her, like when she's leaving, when she leaves and the kid in class is hitting on her, I was like, this movie is relentlessly horny, and I think I'm here for this. <laughs>
1: like
0: I think, uh, I, I think know I she
1: had two different kids two hitting stands. on her, like it
0: constantly. <laughs> and then she hit like she didn't hit back when she was outside, but the boy that came up to her, she definitely like, did she ask his age <laughs> or something like that?
1: He well, kept... <laughs> he said, like, I'm I'm turning twenty in two weeks, and she was like, hmm. I bet, are.
4: Are. <laughs> I, b- I, b- I bet all you
1: are. I bet you. She said, "Like I bet you are all over or something." Like, oh, <laughs> like what does that <laughs> even
2: mean? <laughs> everywhere is turning twenty, Bray. That's what it that <laughs> means. It means everywhere oh, is turning. Oh,
4: 20. oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness!
2: <laughs> oh
0: my goodness!
4: And it's like in the first ten minutes. I don't. I'm just like, what is this? This student and that student. And okay, well maybe yeah. that. I was like, does this help with the storytelling? But it was it was kind of (laughs) funny, I guess.
0: Um,
4: Well,
2: but it did because it did because then she speaks to it in her first. I think it's her first rap where she's like, why am I so horny? Like, it's one of the it's one of the lyrics. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like when they brought it into the I was already like, do I have a problem with how horny this movie is or do I love how horny this movie is? And then when she started talking about it, I was like, yeah, I love it. This is great. (laughs) You know, Mm
4: fair.
0: Fair, fair. It's hard yeah. because I think the thing is like the raps weren't. How do I? You say haven't
4: it? said anything, but I think I agree with. You. Like, the, I think like that I'm there
0: for the movie to be about a rapper. I thought the raps were gonna be either like a little, a little different, like either like really funny or like really strong or like, right? Be a part of the storytelling a little bit better.
1: It, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, well, this is this is what I'll say for me. Like, we have this part. We have the. We see her agent. Uh, who's a gay Korean man, who she's known since high school, and you know, he's like talking about trying to get her in with this white guy, this white producer. Um us look at her play. Oh, even before that we see her go to uh, she like calls her agent she's like why are you getting me like more more work I should be doing regional theater like because that because the student was like it ain't even regional theater. it's a it's a workshop <laughs> the
2: fact that a the student production. understood
1: that was
2: so funny Yo, it's <laughs> a student workshop has an understanding that it's that a workshop is worse than regional. <laughs> oh, that
1: was great and like and so we see like this like black theater um that she's, <laughs> she's going to. Uh, and that was, I thought that like the guy, like being like, sit down, like I'm talking to my, I'm talking to the ancestors and he was like, this is about, this is about the message, the art, like not the commerce. And she's like, really? Like, I feel like I got a, I got a late aunt who really wants me at my rent to get paid. <laughs> um, but she like, doesn't want to, she doesn't want to be, be at that theater. Um, and so But she also doesn't want to, she feels like the reason that she hasn't gotten any plays on since her 30 under 30 is because she has to do, I think she called it black poverty porn or yeah, yeah. black poverty like, you know, she's like, I just don't want to do that. I just want to make all right, like I don't want to feel like I have to make what they want me to make.
0: Which is real, man. Like that is like I think it's like creators, like it is. I mean, we've talked about it just that. It feels like a lot of things that get greenlit right now are like Black people facing racism in a new way, you know? It's like, man, they face it in a love story. Oh, shit. They (laughs) face it in a supernatural world in the 50s. Ooh, that's cool. Man, they face it back in the 70s. It just feels like that is just... I definitely understand what she's going through there. And it's also trying to get a white producer to support your project. Knowing that the only way they can relate to blackness is through oppression or what they know of black people is either stereotypical, um, the racism they face or them being impoverished and having to like fight their way out of the gutter. Um, Yes, I
2: have seen these. I know this white producer, this white artistic director. I like I've seen these guys and like when he says to her. when he says to her he was like she gave him like three bullet points of the play and then he was right. like i go did a did a black person <laughs> even black write, person this? <laughs> write this
1: i love that's that. the first oh. oh. scene
4: oh. where i lost my it's, mind laughing yeah like i paused it that was it probably and was
1: the like, best ah! line of the movie <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ten minutes. Uh, it was
1: like, it's just like okay yes yes it's uh it's about gentrification
0: but i don't i'm not seeing it I'm not, you know? Uh, uh, those notes are so hard, man. Because then it's like, who are you? Because you know what it does? It makes me question what people know about black people when they say, like, did a black person write this? Like, I mean, because I feel like the coded word now is, I mean, it has to have that, that POV, you know? It has to, you really got to nail that POV. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, talk about your experiences. I'm like, but this this is a fucking alien. I didn't have my fucking experience. Like, who are you talking about? This alien ain't even black. It's pink fuck like yeah but but you can talk about what's going on in the world today it's like no bitch i ain't talking about what's going on in the world today this person is from mars okay and it has nothing to do with black people um nah man the the vampires were the gentrifiers see honestly did you get they were damn (laughs) damn they were wait how many black writers (laughs) do we have in sci-fi I'm about to go in a rabbit hole. Y'all keep going. This is about to be bad. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how you're possibly looking that up. Yeah. Um, Google!
1: <laughs> but,
4: uh, <laughs> but Google's just like 17.
2: Google <laughs> Every sci-fi movie
1: ever made. And, and um, write down the direct uh, <laughs> But I do... Um, yeah, that, uh, that, whole, that whole scene was great. And then... <laughs> like, Why is it like choking him out?
4: yeah like, and, um, and when she, she literally when chokes she... him i'm like okay i don't know where <laughs> i don't know where that, i that am anymore
0: yeah that's not real
1: you ain't choking about no <laughs> yeah life. no that was that was the comedy that was you know yeah
2: in the next scene she goes she goes something happened after i after i talked to him and i and i thought they were gonna go are we just gonna live in this world where we're not sure if she actually <laughs> choked him or Like I wasn't sure if they were doing that or if she was talking about something else, which she ended up being talking about. Um, But that was such a, that was so out of this world. But I don't know, right? She went for it.
0: (laughs) No man, no. It is so unrealistic to choke out. It's not real. Daydream. I thought she was. I thought it was gonna be one of those scenes where, like, oh, she choked this dude out, and we come back to reality. But also, if you choke out, yo. Not only did she choke out a white dude, she choked out a powerful gay white dude. I'm like, this is this could be a hate crime. Like, how do you not really address <laughs> what she did? Like, well, I,
1: they did, they did address it. She did. They they said I mean, that she didn't. He didn't press charges on yeah. that guy,
2: and he didn't press charges because my man went down. He tickled, he tickled
0: his balls yeah. a little bit. He tickled his oh, balls yeah. a little bit. Oh, that's right. <sighs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. That reminds me of I know. y'all seen that Friar Fest doc. Dude was like. I was ready to take one for the team and I was like, oh <laughs> no, I'm sorry, man. This, yeah, like, goodness. this movie, like, and also the fact that she didn't even like, not that she didn't care, but when she, when he told her that, that is such a, that is such a big deal that your friend just did this for you. You know what I mean? I'm just, I don't know.
4: Well, there's a lot there. She's such a big deal. Pre- <laughs> she like, rejects the premise that it was for her, which I guess is an interesting way to, to react to it. But. Mm-hmm.
1: That was, that is an interesting conversation. So how did she get into rapping?
2: She said she had, she said something like, I have a friend or I know a guy who makes beats. Right. And then, and then but she before,
4: would, yeah, But yeah, before that, she, like why, before why did she, she go she,
2: to the
1: guy to make beats?
4: Well, I think, so I, I actually have like a kind of similar story that I feel like you like find out or you realize that you've always been rapping like, oh, me, like making up, you know, rhymes and stuff with my friends or changing the lyrics to, uh like popular songs like that's a style of freestyling so i think mm-hmm. she says at some point in the movie that like she always she's like archie you know i always used to make up you know i used to fill out those notebooks and write those rhymes and then we would charge people to battle me so like she's been doing it since she was a kid but just right. not professionally or like recognized it as a hobby um, right. And and that scene happens
2: after that. The the scene where she explains that happens after she's alone in her room and does the I think it's when she does the rap about the about the dude's ass. Like, I questions. think that's but what, whatever that rap is, that happens not set to music. And then she looks at, at to the camera like, I can do something with this. Yeah. You she know? has an
4: Issa Rae moment where yeah. she's in the camera. I mean, she's in the mirror. And she's like taking out all her frustrations in rhyme. But yeah, I can't remember what incites that. You're right. Yeah, I was like, I I feel like she's in her apartment. And then... Oh, oh, okay. So in the beginning, in the the Spike Lee montage, we close up on a photo of her and her mother. So we know that that's going to be important. Mm -hmm. After she chokes out Jay Whitman, she's crying... In her house in her house. And she's like, Oh mama, what am I gonna do? Please tell me what to do. What am I supposed to do? And then outside at that moment, this like rap, this fake rap oh, song that, of the, the universe the music of the movie, that
1: we kept hearing, right? Yeah,
4: comes on. And it's like, I can't remember it's um like, <laughs> oh, like let's pound the pound <laughs> cake. Yeah. yeah. So this like fictional rap that's popular with all the kids comes on at that moment, and she's like, And then we see her having the Issa Rae moment like rapping in the mirror. Mm,
2: mm, See, it was inspiration from her mama.
4: Yeah. And from Pound the Pound
2: Cake rapper guy. But her mom, but see, her mama sent the song. See, that's what happened because her mom was like, I'm going to send her Pound the Pound cakes." I feel you. (laughs) But she
4: could have like baked. Imagine what a different movie it would have been if she'd be like, you're right, I should become a baker now. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this this is the part for me and I don't know, did you, so did you connect with this, these next couple of scenes, Shamera, like how she like was like, no, oh, let me get into, let me get into rap.
4: That's the thing. I, I wanted to, I surely wanted to, and I feel like I almost did, but I didn't mm-hmm. really connect with it. I think for me, like I, I have a complicated relationship with like, I guess code switching in hip hop, or I feel like, Like, when I saw that her rapper voice was immediately like, hey, yo, I'ma do this. Curse word, curse word, curse word. I was like, well, you were doing that just two seconds ago. Like, in my head, I'm just like, oh, no. Like, it's hard for me to then tune into, like, what she was saying. Um, Mm, Right. But I do connect with the aspect of, like, discovering hip hop or, like, spoken poetry as a way to get out what you're feeling. Cause I, I could yeah. tell that she had all these thoughts from before I was struggling to express them. And then when she realized mm-hmm. I could try this, and that it really worked for her that I think I, I definitely connect with that too. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I connected, I connected to this bit because I, man, I have, you know, I have a solo show where I go into, into spoken word. I got mad spoken word poems that are better all they're all trash, but like we're like every now and again I'm like, man, if I put a beat under this, this shit'll be fire, right? The I'm worse. sure some of them are good <laughs> But I but I do have a question for you, Shimera, about about specifically this of like, do you think that we're supposed to think that she should pursue rapping or that she is good at rapping? Cause I because by the end of the movie, like I know that um that D ultimately becomes into it, but like I, I don't know. Part of me thinks that like we are supposed to feel like the rapping is a fa- is a facade. It, it it isn't actually like she shouldn't put out a mixtape. Like like this isn't the journey that she should go on. She just thinks it is. She thinks it's her it's her salvation, and maybe it's a the the thing that's gonna get her to start doing whatever that new path is. You know that's that's mm-hmm. how I that was how I took it. So I'm you know I'm just posing that question of like. You know, do you think that that was what she was supposed to be doing, or like, or what?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that the movie is not totally clear. Like, I get why it's a question mark because Mm -hmm. I feel like the movie—I don't know that the movie itself decided. Yeah. Like Uh. you know, the way that it's like marketed is like this woman becomes a rapper, but then like she doesn't. So it's like, what? Are, yeah, what? she doesn't. The 40 year old version of what? Of <laughs> like like, like the, the playwright, the rapper, the teacher, the woman, you know, who knows? Um, like, is she trying to pursue
1: a career in. rap? Like, is that what she's trying to do? Or is it just like a fun, like out, out, like another creative outlet for her? Mm hmm. You know what I mean? And she's just going to be a teacher. I feel
0: like she's trying to find existence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she's, she's in that, she's, I don't know, man. I don't know. I've been in there. It's like that time where like the thing you want to do isn't working out. So you're like, maybe I could do something else that is fulfilling. I feel like she's feeling like at this point, she is teaching the kids. That's not working well. Um, she wants to be a playwright that's not working well so I was like what else can I do that feels like an artistic outlet and she feels like she's good at rap and like she got this young producer who doesn't seem to take on anybody like in her corner so I was like yeah let me give this a shot now the only hard part about watching this movie is I think that again this, this movie touches on so much stuff that I think is important like to me one of the biggest things it touches on is like should you sell out like would you and should you sell out if that is going to be the thing that puts you on like i think a lot of times we can go back to a lot of these some of our favorite performers and creators and look at like their first stuff and it's like oh my god what is this but because they did that thing it allowed them to do the other thing two years later down the line and like she doesn't want to just do this play like this play could be in the heights you know she just doesn't want to do it
2: but um the thing that I actually really liked about about the play at the end is that like it's like yes she sold out and she sold out she went against her vision, but we kept seeing everyone in the audience, so we saw how everybody reacted. And like the the black director, of course, hated the whole, the whole thing, but like we we got occasional nods from from some of the some of the black people. The kids like th- thought it was great, like. You know, and so I I thought it it was also it it was just interesting that messages were still being conveyed, even though her full vision wasn't being conveyed. And Mm -hmm. then also, like, it sort of talks about how that, you know, like sometimes when you when we present these sort of watered down versions of things or these sort of more commercial versions of, of things, we perpetuate things that we don't necessarily want to want to put out there. But I like that there was this like, we that it was kind of like, all of this is happening when 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 a piece of art gets made. Like some people get positive messages out of it. You know, some people take them the wrong way. I thought that was interesting.
4: Yeah, one way that the rap was useful to her in the movie and then also to the audience is to actually express some of these ideas more clearly. Mm -hmm. So I think at the Mm -hmm. very least, the movie is saying, like, do anything that you can to express yourself and, like, trust whatever comes out of that. But when you say, like, the play didn't share, I can tell that the movie was, like, the movie is very clear saying the play that ends up being made, Harlem Ave, in its form is not the way that she wanted it to be made. But do we know what the vision is that she wanted to be. That's what I'm
1: saying. I don't get it because when she first, when she was describing the play to the guy Mm -hmm. and even though he was saying all this stuff like, oh, it doesn't sound like a black person wrote it, which is awful. But when she was describing her play, I was like, this play sounds boring and trite. Like, what is the play that you're talking about? Like, what is the actual Mm -hmm. art that you want to do? Like, there's a part of me that like felt like what I thought this movie was going to be but didn't fully feel like it was that her doing the rapping helped her find her voice again. Like she didn't, she, like, she knew she what she didn't want to do, but she didn't know what she wanted to do. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I think it's easy for people to be like, well, I want to make this, I want to make art, uh, but like the powers that be won't let me do those things that I want to do. And you're like, okay, but like, is the thing that you want to do actually like commercially viable or like, not even commercially viable. Like, is it even artistically does it have like what's the artistic merits that it has for you to like get paid to do it? You know? And that's a kind of like it's a it's it's also it's a conversation which you can have about capitalism and like it sucks that uh like in a capitalistic society, the only way to get paid to do your art is like by doing it in a certain way. Like it has to have some sort of like a mass appeal, even on a smaller scale, like people need to enjoy and connect with it. But like, yeah. I never got a sense of her, of what her good playwriting was ever, you know? And it so there was a, it felt like a nice, a shield, like an excuse to hide behind to be like, yeah, it's just, it's just all these white producers. That's the only reason I'm not getting put on. Um, but then we don't see her, we don't see the art project that she's so passionate about that won't get made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What was Harlem Ave before this? Like she said, it was yeah. about gentrification. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there is a part of me that's like, yeah. Well, if you're gonna do it about gentrification, so it should be about gentrification. It can't just be people talking about it. And then what do they do? Like, what's the what was the conflict? I don't even. I couldn't even understand what her play was before it changed.
0: Oh yeah, Same. good point. I mean, it's one of those things where it. Again, I just think there were a lot of themes happening. And maybe if we had to just narrow down to the one, you know what I mean? Whether it was going to be about how this producer is making her sell out with um, Harlem apps. We get to see like what you're saying, like what it really was or the conundrum she has with being older. Like, again, I just turned 35 and I've been freaking the fuck out for like six months. Like legitimately, it's like every time I talk to one of my young actor friends who were on like some goddamn TV show and they're in their twenties, I'm like, well, dang, like you said, to me like because like, <laughs> I like like that is stressful. You know what I mean? If you ain't got no money, that is stressful. I'm like you could deal with that. You could deal with getting a project that will get you on and like not having to be the thing you want and then like dealing with that thing. But it was like again, like you guys are saying it's, like, it's hard because we don't know what her artistic who she is artistically we don't know is she one of these people who only wants to do like the stuff that makes black people feel really good by doing it in a way that highlights black people we've we've never seen or stories we've never told like we don't know we just know she wants to make it she was a 30 under 30 and nothing happened after that but we don't even know technically after the 30 after 30 did she get the shot and bombed the shot you yeah. know what I mean like does that haunt her like, could you imagine, like, there's right. so many people you hear about, like, get the job and then get recast after the pilot of the table read. Like, where is that? Like, what the hell? <laughs> that is stressful. Yeah.
2: yeah, but also, like, I don't know. I'm I'm hearing all of this and going, like, one, it's like, no, we, ne- we never get to. S- <laughs> it's I think I think I start attaching myself to like to to RADA, like RADA, not. Rada, the character that I'm that I'm watching but like Rada, you know so it's like we don't get to see the the version of the play that she wanted to do but we are currently watching her movie that she made at around the time that she's talking about so I so I so I don't care about what the what the play what was actually going to be on the page of the play this was just how I t- take right, it right. right and then and then like you know and then it also just sort of feels like the description of the play that she's talking about is kind of this thing that we talk about with movies all the time. Can't there just be a, can't there just be a play about like just just a black family that they're, they're living in Harlem and they're, you know, and like, and, and maybe they might need to move out because of whatever's going on, but like, but the play is just about them and it's a kitchen sink drama and, and that's all that, you know, like it feels like that's what she's going up against.
1: Y- yes. If what, what's the kitchen sink drama? What is the, what are the, circumstance not even circumstances like what's the inner life of these characters what are they dealing with are they dealing with aging are they dealing with the fact that like they had bigger dreams and those are dreams aren't being fulfilled anymore Mm -hmm. are they dealing with the fact that like they're in a love like a loveless marriage are they dealing with the fact that like you know like they they had a a certain vision of their life and then a kid came along and like i don't know anything and and even her life even the movie that she's making I relate to it somewhat of like, man, getting old, like that fear of I have to me, the biggest thing is it's a movie about like somebody who has a fear, who's somebody who had dreams. They felt like they were on the right path. And then suddenly they wake up and it's like, they're 10 years Mm -hmm. older. Nothing has happened since. And they feel like Mm -hmm. what happened? What did I do? Like, why, you know, and the anxiety of that, but instead of exploring that fully, it's kind of just taken for granted that it's like a white produce, like, you know, the stand in white producer who is Broadway or Hollywood, whatever you want to call it. These are, this is the powers that be that have prevented me from getting my shot because they won't let me do the thing that I want to make. Cause you, if you're black, you have to make art this way. And then that's it. And if that's all it is, then it's a short movie and it's a little, it starts to get boring because then when the rap part comes in, it's like, Shamara, what you said about it being like, well, this is a creative outlet for her and then we get to hear like all the things that she's thinking. I felt the same way, like especially her first rap, you know, it was like her just speaking about her life and like what she was feeling and like how it felt to be 40. But then there was a part of me that was like, okay, so it seems like the things that you're working on, you know how to put that in a song. It's like a short version of it. What's the, what would be the full album of this? I don't know. Because then we never get something like that again. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We never get more than that one song. We get her freestyle, which was fun, but it was a freestyle yeah. rap.
4: Well, we get the one of her in the booth and, and she's again talking about the industry again. So right. it's not like her own thoughts, but it's like this lyrical takedown of uh, or like a description of black poverty porn and how like nobody wants to, you know, you I can only make art if it's like the extreme version of the worst version of the story.
1: Right. And the thing is, (laughs) as people who have tried to make something about being black in the industry, like coming up and like what we were told and what so many people are told, because this is what a lot of people do. It's like, why, why are we watching your story about you struggling to make it in the industry? Because that's what all actors want to do. All artists want to make the story about the fact that they aren't finding success in this industry. Then it's like, that has to say something more. It can't just be that's hyper specific because one, (laughs) it's a story that all art, like so many artists have, even ones who are successful feel like they, they, they know and feel. And then two, how is that relating to people outside of the acting industry or whatever? My thing was like with the rap stuff is I didn't know, Even within the story, even if it was just for her, just for self-expression, we never fully got that. Like, we never got a scene where she was, like, talking to uh, her friend about why she was doing rap, you know? We got a lot of scenes of her talking to her friend about why she shouldn't do the play that he was trying to put her on. Mm -hmm. But we never got any scenes about, like, well, what is rap giving you that these plays aren't? You know? And what are you doing? Like, are you going to be, do you love teaching? Like what, like, is it enough to just teach and then have a, have a a artistic outlet and you realize I don't need to be famous. I can, I just need to, I just need an artistic outlet to creatively express myself, but this could be my job. That's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I felt like we were, weren't explored. And because of that, That's why it felt boring. Like, that's to me, that's why it felt boring because I, because I knew the story that she was telling is a short, to me, is a short story. (laughs) It's like, I, I know the play is gonna, you're gonna hate the play that you wrote and then eventually you're gonna walk away from it in
0: some capacity, right?
1: What Uh, what were the other layers?
0: This movie felt like a live action version of Soul. Oh, replace no, jazz, replace jazz, you Replace <laughs> no, jazz with uh rapping. No, soul is so much deeper. All, her, I, all, all she needed to do, all she needed to what do is become. We done? A, uh,
2: <laughs> where
0: where, but, but where not, have we not, gotten to? <laughs> not, not 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 like in. I do think soul is deeper, but I think the thing that she's trying to hit on is the thing the conundrum soul is hitting, which is like. Finding yourself worth, finding your purpose, right? Like in this movie, what she wanted, her purpose, she thought was to be like this, this, this big time playwright. Um, then it was, is the purpose to be a rapper to help with this other thing, or is it to be a teacher and you can help the next generation and change their lives? It's like to me, those parallels felt the same. It's just that in this movie, we had three different things going at the same time instead of focusing on the one. Shamera, uh, what were you about to say?
4: Um, I, there was a point, I can't remember the exact scene, but there was an exact point where I was like, oh, soul. Like, that, I can yeah. add soul to the the list of movies that this movie reminds me of. Um, but I think you're exactly right, Gerard. Like, in, in addition to those things, like, they also set up this whole thing with, like, the brother and how, oh, like, the yeah. family is de- oh God, dealing with that. the loss. And then, oh, you know, she looked for, she looked at D for three seconds instead of two, okay. so now you know there's going to be a love thing. At some point, like, I think the movie introduces a lot of pieces and you're like any two, any two of these juxtaposed against each other would be such an interesting delve into like how, you know, like the hip hop of art or the, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, the hip hop of teaching or the way that teaching illuminates what you're supposed to be rapping. Any two of them could be an interesting mapping game, but we had like seven, yeah, and it was. Like, this would have uh, been a
0: good series. Yeah, like if you'd have told me this was mm-hmm. a series, no, I mean that in a way where it's like it could have still been black and white, but she could have, we could have hit all of these points, and each one of them could have been. Um, if a series would have given more time, like right now again, it feels like a lot is being rushed because it's a movie. The movie was still long because we were fitting so much stuff in. Um, I just think it would have. So I think I think what she's hitting on is really important. I just think maybe having a, a a format that would have gave her more time to touch on everything she wanted to. Like, maybe we could have saw a flashback to, you know, when she was 30, you know, you know all these, like, sad comps. now. It's like, you got to have the the origin episode of somebody. We're going to have seen her when she was 30 with her young producer and the play that put her on. But, like, she did one thing that, like, made the other producers didn't like her. And now she's, te- you know, I mean, whatever that backstory yeah. is. Right. Uh,
4: it's very she's gotta have it in that way I feel like the series version of this would be like yes a 40 year old version of she's gotta have it. I mean she were I mean but, well, see, but, she, but the thing is it, sometimes so
2: people don't give a sh- shit about you after a while like true. and they just do you don't have to do a thing yeah true <laughs> you don't have to do okay. something for somebody to just not give a fuck about you <laughs> like true If 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 you like like I guess like Bray was saying like and like I feel like everybody has been saying. She did just wake up one day and realize like, oh shit. It happens. Like, I haven't been doing anything. I'm still teaching this damn class to these damn kids. And it's different kids, but these are the same fucking kids. I've been looking at these <laughs> same kids for right. eight years and I'm tired of looking at these
1: It happens,
0: kids. man. I really- I'm well, supposed you, to
2: be you- on Broadway.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing I liked about it, it, in re- <laughs> if we're comparing them the thing I liked about soul was for me was what I got from it was it was show. It it was like a person learning, like you don't have to chase some, somebody's idea of success. Like just, there are so many parts of your life that are worth living that are like enjoyable that like, if you would just, if you would kind of step back and realize how fun it is just to be alive, period, you know, you would you would get more joy and satisfaction from your life you know i i don't know if this if this movie was saying the same thing it didn't it wasn't as clear for me like it would beca- again because it it feels like this movie didn't do the zoom out that soul kind of does at some point where it's like no 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 it's more this is more than just one person's like career journey you know and like what they want to do because it, it still felt like the end was still about like nah this play is shit and it's like <laughs> okay but like that's subjective like even yeah so because let's talk about the play itself because like <laughs> i feel like the beginning song i felt like she was coming for hamilton like we were supposed to like be like Oliver. oh look at this like white people enjoying the rap whatever but I was like, dude, that the opening, the opening scene was fire. <laughs> like, I don't, it's enjoyable. Like uh, that, you know, it, it, there was like a gunshot that made no sense. I think yeah, like, yeah. at some point and there was like fog or whatever. And you're like, okay, like it's epic for no reason, but it was still fun. Like, it was like, there was a lifeblood to it, you know, that I was like, what's wrong with this? What's, what's wrong within the Heights? Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. it, you can have fun in this way. Like, there's nothing wrong with having fun and, uh, and rapping and, I don't know, like, okay, white people are enjoying it, so what? Like, white people enjoy gangster rap, too. Like, what are you talking-
4: Well, I, don't... <laughs> I think- Well, okay, so it was very in the heights. Yeah. Because, cool. like, I've seen the musical, of, like, the the, uh, the opening song of that musical is also just, like, about the place that you're in. Right. And then even this like, the stage, the- like the scene, the what's it called? Like the background. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, is this in the Heights? Like it's the same. It looks like very similar to how that musical looks. Um, right. But I sure. do feel there's like a tension of when I'm like, I remember being on stage at like, I think it was like an early improv show or something, early for me, like one of my first ones. And there was a scene where I started like freestyling or I did something that I think was leaning into my blackness a little bit. And I could tell that the audience was responding to it, but I did have that internal struggle of like, wait, are they laughing? Mm. Are they laughing because what I said was funny or are they entertained that I have become a little more black or something that they're used to or something? Like, Mm. I think it can be the, I, I felt conflicted like watching the audience like there's a, there's a part in the movie where the producer, like he stands up that he's so delighted by whatever he's seeing. And I'm like, yes. what? Like, it's cool to see everybody laughing and clapping and loving the music, but it's like, what do you love about it? Is it like, I think it's just a mo- like a question of motives. It can feel kind of weird sometimes. Right.
1: And people felt that way. Like <laughs> when like all these white kids were, listening to gangster rap and like Mm. saying those things and dressing in that way or whatever. Like the problem is the cultural appropriation that happens. Plus with the idea, with the understanding that the white people who are eating it up don't actually care about blackness, like or black people, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I totally get, but that's separate from the artist itself to say that like, well, no, you're a sellout because you're making music that white people like. It's like, okay, but white people can like anything that we think is good. So once white people like it, now it's we can't now we can't like that thing anymore. Like it's so it's giving so much power to white people that I I don't I don't truly yeah. get. It fe- and yeah. it also feels I, like a think, way for
2: Go ahead. I, I think this goes to what you were saying of like us not having an understanding of what the play was supposed to be makes makes us seeing what the <laughs> what the new version of the play is it makes it tough because it like becomes ambig- ambiguous what the actual message is um i it that it didn't bother me though because i kept being like well this just whatever it is it's not what she wanted mm-hmm. like she didn't want this big opening number she didn't want it to be about rap you know i didn't i didn't think it was like a dig at like a a Hamilton or like a, or a, or a, uh, what's in the Heights. I didn't feel like a dig at that just because like, um, Lynn, you know, he does, he makes those musicals. He likes doing that. That's like, that is specifically his thing. It is not every play. The thing that I just, the thing that I just go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say there is a, there is a school of thought. There are people who look at those, that stuff. And they're like, nah, he's, He's a sellout. Yeah. Like so, and she doesn't, and she doesn't want to be called a sellout. I don't know. I it it felt way too familiar for her for it to not be a somewhat of a commentary on that. And she name dropped Hamilton. She had a dude be like, "I know Hamilton." Oh, that happened. That I
2: missed that. This this made this did make me think though. While we were talking about it, actually, I didn't think of it while I was watching it. Uh, There was this play called "A View from One Fifty First Street." that was a play with music There was wrapped throughout it um um mums was the lead actor and i don't know who else i can't remember who else was in it but it was a labyrinth play and there was like a a band that played throughout and it was like cool and like but it was like dark and it felt like underground and like there were all these stuff about it that i that i loved when i i i met Mums like like five years later and i was like bro I loved a view from One Fifty First Street. Like I, it like it meant so much to me. And he just very softly said thank you and walked away, like disappeared into the night. And then I talked to someone else who was involved with Labyrinth at the time, and he was like, "Man, they just changed that shit. Like that shit was so like He was just talking about how it was a different play, and like it meant. And so, and so I, I bring that that very right. small anecdote with very little details up just to say, like. I just, I feel like it's very real for something to get made and and have a really strong impact but not feel good to the artist and the artist mm-hmm. fucking, like, like you know, like totally not liking what it is for all of the reasons that they don't oh, like yeah. it. But it didn't, but this to me though, and also because we saw, we so, I'm a black person who loved view from 151. I don't even know if white people had anything to do with why it was bad. But the fact that we saw uh, black people in the audience enjoying it as well that made right. me that made me not think that like this was just about the white gaze even though so many so many of the changes like you know doing the fist or whatever and all those other things were clearly was, was clearly the white input of it I don't know
1: I don't know if that I, I, anecdote yeah. helped but <laughs> I know what you mean I, I guess this is what I'm saying is that if it's about Ch- if it, it is about like well i had something and then I, it was i felt like it was forced to change you know because of white people which it which that is what we we're supposed to be thinking about whitman Then i want i feel like i need to know especially for this story because it's such a simple story what was your original vision like what did mm. you want this to be about like i understand that at the end i'm sure she didn't have like the white woman be like, I'm your sister. And they like hold hands. You know what I mean? Like, so when they did that, I was like, but I was like, what, what play is this now? Yeah. Like, cause this feels like a comedian, This feels like you're just pouring something on for all of us to be like, yeah, at this play, like this play sucks. But I'm like, what were the Broadway shows that have been up in the last five years? Because there are shows like American son that like, are very heavy into like police brutality right like
4: american sun took me all the way up
1: you know that's a play that's like it feels somewhat controversial because it's like what on one hand you're like okay like they're dealing with these issues that are relevant today and on another hand it feels like just feeding into like yeah like we'll write plays about black men getting shot like like and you know like let's just let's just do stuff about this you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. um those plays those plays like to go in on white people like uh, like the bad white people you know what I mean like I didn't see any of that in this in this fake production I didn't see the like I didn't see the green book-esque of the of the here is the really racist bad person and then the racist bad person who learns something I mean maybe that is what it was supposed to be but I guess we just didn't see enough of it
4: so I think I think there's something about like the gatekeeper aspect or like the center stage part. I guess I, w- I want to make like two points. I think that mm-hmm. what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like, I agree. It wasn't as like wh- when we got to that scene, it's like we're clearly not supposed to like this scene, but it's not clear who like where this is mm-hmm. in the world or if she's just saying like, would this be awful? But I'm thinking of like the way that they introduced the play had like they cut away from the action of the movie to this like uh I don't know like a tableau where you see like the actors doing what she's describing and when she descri- when the producer says, you know we need a face for gentrification like a white woman comes in between the black couple and pushes them out of the way and walks up the center. So for me, it seems like the issue that she doesn't articulate you're right. But I think that the issue that Rada, the character, has may be more about like, oh, no, now I'm centering whiteness again right. in this way that I didn't want to. Right. I agree. That, like the That's a very green book. <laughs> OK, so the note of like we need if you're going to talk about gentrification, we need to personify it somehow. Um, that makes sense. But I think in her mind, I think we're seeing her mind and it was like, oh, no, so now it's going to be about this white woman and how like she's coming to the neighborhood and what's all the things that she needs to like learn and do.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And then we get, and then we also get when she's in the bathroom and the, you know, the white theater goers funders, whoever they are come in and they're like gushing about how good the white actress is like, and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and that white actress is going to, we know she's going to get so much shine from being in, in this, but like there was a version of this play where the black family was the center and you would leave only talking about those black, you would have no white actors to talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, I don't know, even just that, that tiny bit was like, yeah, she fucking, (laughs) she fucking delivered this white actress on a silver platter to white producers.
4: I also wanted to say, like when we were talking about the other musicals that it's reminiscent of, like, I, I agree that like in the Heights and Hamilton are different because I feel like the, the engine behind those works is like really excited about this material. So even if it changed, I don't know if the narrative is like, oh no, like those aren't what Lynn wanted to create. I don't know personally, but I don't think that's the case. But I do remember, I think the first, I saw like the documentary about the making of either Hamilton or In the Heights. I honestly can't remember, but I think it's, I think it might be the same creative team like behind it. When they had, so like the musical goes on and then they bring out, like it's a scene like what we saw in the movie. They bring out the producer and the director, and it was, I was surprised at the, like, whiteness on the stage. So they were like, this, you know, this right. vibrant musical about people of color, and here's the creative team, and it was like, these two white people being like, we are just so totally. excited about this, and I, like, when I saw that in the movie, I was like, oh, you know, this does remind me of that moment for, I think it was in the, I can't, I really it's, can't tell you it was. It's, all, it's probably of
0: both of Lynn's plays, because Lynn has had the same guy, who is a white man? Um, direct most of his plays. They all went to school. One reason I noticed, I watched that. I don't know if y'all seen that Hulu doc, like Free um, Solo of Spring. Yeah, yeah. Three Style, Like it's the same dude yeah. um, who does all their stuff. Uh, so yeah, his team is white. right.
2: This also just happens all the time. Like it doesn't just of happen course. to it literally have like these. I don't know. Just it, I, I, I just also see it in all these other.
1: Yeah, I think things. that all this stuff is right. Like and this is the stuff that I enjoyed. I enjoyed this little, the commentary on it. But like I'm saying, it feels like a, that's a smaller movie because that's a thing that we all get and you're like, okay, cool. We're just gonna, like, let's talk about like how theater is white, especially theater that you have to like, (laughs) you actually can make a living doing. Like it's very white. And so you have to conform to that kind of setting. And that is like, to me, the main thing she wanted to talk about, which is fine. But then I'm like, okay, but it's it's somewhat shallow. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's more to this. And I don't know if she fully explored it. Like, there were all these other things. Like, yes, there was her, like, not picking up her brother's phone calls because she didn't really want to process the fact that her mom had died. Or, and she looked at her mom as a failure because her mom was never famous. And her brother was like, she had us. Like, mm-hmm. your mom was great. And, you know, that's cool. But that's like, one we get that like one scene I guess like and it mm-hmm. I don't know like it if it, it's like a little like an add-on like these little add-on moments but I just felt like there's something meatier there about like her herself and like I didn't I I guess at the end of it I still didn't fully understand like the relationship to rap because the rap thing felt like um it felt like a premise that allowed her to talk about all the stuff she wanted to talk about um and then i was like i i if you told me that she actually wants like her like, the real person banks really wants to be an, a rapper i wouldn't i would i wouldn't know either way you know <laughs> what i mean like mm-hmm. i can't tell from this movie like it it feels like a it felt like a gimmick and that it, which is funny because it in a way it almost felt like she had to do she had to do the thing that she's like criticizing the person in her movie for like making this play, it's like she had to put rap in her movie just so that people would care about it and it would get made just so she could talk about the things she actually wanted to talk about. Like it, it it, it feels meta to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. I was going to say it feels, I I wonder if the, (laughs) the message is this meta, like this move by the end of the movie, it's not clear what she wanted, but you can tell that she's dissatisfied and that comes through in a lot of ways. And maybe that is what she's saying about turning 40. Like, wow, what is it to like be at this stage of my life and still not know exactly what I want or why I didn't get it or what's wrong with what I want? You know, it just feels like it poses a lot of very interesting questions. They're not answered. Like, Mm -hmm. she's like, I want to start a mixtape. She never makes a mixtape. You know, I want to perform. You think you're gonna have like that one big like rap performance? Instead, I'm surprised that the song in the beginning, James, wasn't yo, 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 yeah. yo, yo, yeah, like where she <laughs> yeah. just in the middle bombs the performance. Is is the idea
1: that she was just so high that she couldn't
0: do
4: it?
1: Yeah, yeah. but
4: like I think so. But like
0: we don't, like we don't do that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Wait, like, like my thing is like, you weed doesn't, oh, doesn't, weed do, doesn't that do that, too. that. Like,
1: we like don't you don't do take that. two hits of weed and then and then Lose immediately forget all of your lyrics. Powers like, of like, speech.
0: It's like it's like like thirty seconds. No, nah, I mean again, if she's never done it before, like, I, I... <sighs> yeah, I I
2: I'll say that I once smoked before a show, and it's the only time at in in this particular way that I've ever blanked so hard <laughs> on my lines <laughs> like it's it's it and and if you do not do it it happens granted she probably wouldn't have just said yo for two minutes <laughs> but the only time I have ever been like holy shit I didn't remember any of my lines how did we get through that scene <laughs> is just one day but before, you got through it i i did i did get through it yes i did get through it
1: um but like uh, that's yeah yeah whatever i, I, I accepted know. the premise of i accepted the the you know movies do this all the time with drugs like I, it's just like it was just one of those things where i was like i also had another person I, right because i was in a yeah. scene with somebody
2: so i don't know if i got through Someone it, but you. i know that we got through it.
1: <laughs> but I just didn't understand. I just, I guess I didn't understand. It was like a funny, it was like, oh, she smoked and she forgot and she bombed in front of her, her class or whatever. But like, what, why didn't the next day she was like, yeah, I freaking, I shouldn't have smoked weed. So next time I won't do that. Like yeah. I,
2: uh, The fact that she it... never dealt with that actually did, but it did frustrate me. I was like, because you could just very easily be like, even though it would be embarrassing to admit, <laughs> you could just, every time somebody, clowns you and if you're close enough to them you could just be like yeah i'm sorry i <laughs> shouldn't have smoked beforehand
4: i think it actually highlights that maybe she wasn't ready or didn't want to do that truly like i, right. I think that what you're saying is like it's not it wasn't just like oh i got high I, I i wonder if that's like the the way that she just accessed or she just used it as an excuse to like play around before mm. doing it which is kind of what we sure. see her do in other areas. Like I'm going to call my brother back, but you know, I'm just going to wait two months. Cause whatever. Um, right. Like
1: she's, yeah, gave. she's just delaying, but that that's the thing. And then is like, yeah, I didn't know what we were supposed to think about at the end. Like she did the play. Then she winds up like saying it sucks, which is like, it's a funny movie thing to do, I guess. But like, I literally was just thinking about the real world consequences of this. I was like, Okay, even if you don't like this, F you. Like, you had so many people work on this play. Like, that's (laughs) so rude. It's so rude. Like, who... You don't know what these actors... Maybe these were these actors' first Broadway gig ever. You have people, like, making the sets. Maybe it was their first time. Like, there's just so many people involved. And for you to just, like, publicly say on opening night that your play... That this play sucks... So, like, the people who anybody, it's like, it. they showed the white people react, you know, whatever. And then, like, the kids were, like, clapping because they're kids. But, like, what about, uh, what if there were some black people in the audience who were like, oh, like, that was interesting. And now you're like, ah, oh,
0: this sucks. Like, and you suck for liking it. Like, that's what it felt like. Well, the <laughs> thing is, they <laughs> were black people in the audience, but they were frowning. So, when they cut to the white people liking it, the black yeah, folks were yeah. like, oh, no, nah, we don't like this.
2: You guys, right, exactly. the black people All were black, not frowning right.
0: the whole time. Oh. Like, they
2: were not. There there was that one mo- mo- there was that moment when the black one was like, mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, like the other there were black people there that did like it. There were some people who I don't know. I yes, I kept thinking about the real world uh implications of what was what was happening and like good thing that the movie doesn't go into it because it's probably yeah. horrible. <laughs> like yeah. what happens tomorrow is just bad news, but <laughs> I don't know i liked i want i wanted her to to stand up for herself i maybe didn't want her to do it in that way
1: because it was so dangerous to do it like that um and it was kind of shitting on the people and egotistical it was very egotistical to do it in that way like do it with that producer in a private room yeah tell him i'm never working for you again this was awful you completely ruined my vision i i don't even i don't want to be a part of this anymore yeah Mm -hmm. I get that. Like tell him off. Like I don't know. <laughs> but I but I loved
2: the the poem and like I don't know. Like for her to for her to in that way stand up for herself and say fuck this play that I just did and also essentially, you know, potentially close down this play and and sort of ruin these opportunities for these other people like the fact that she did it in that way and so publicly is, is like huge. It's like, cause people don't so much, so, so much of, you know, doing art that you're not sure about is like, you know, we decide like, yes, we should do it. We should sell out. We should, we should do this thing. And then on the next thing is when we're big, you know, that's when we, that's when we get to do whatever we, we want. But like for her to, you know, on opening night, in publicly in front of the art, in front of the in front of the people who liked it, and in front of the people who funded it, say, you know, actually say f you. This isn't this is not good art. You know, it's like it, it's saying a lot about I don't know. It's saying a lot about I guess authenticity. <laughs> you know, for her to be like right. for her to be like f you for liking it. You know, in the way that she did. So I don't know. Like I I it's obviously scared me and upset me that she did it in that way. But I but I liked that for the movie, I think.
0: Yeah, man. I mean normally I would talk to Hollywood. I don't have that much to say. I don't know if y'all noticed I I don't want to bash the movie. I just don't like this movie. And there's like it's hard and it's hard for me to like <laughs> articulate when it's like I don't like it. And the thing is the thing I I realized while listening to everybody that I don't like is like I think as artists we kind of relate to a lot of this and I think we all can put our own um Things that we relate to about it, and things that we would have done was our opportunity. But I will say this: um, I think it is very cool that Hollywood, and even Lena Waits, who I know people give a lot of grief to, helped get this movie made. Like a playwright who really didn't get a play on wrote for like Empire a couple episodes, wrote a couple episodes for um, She's Got to Have It, so to help her get this movie made, I think is a big deal, even. We talk about this all the time. I think we do have to have black projects that aren't always home runs. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, not every project is a home run. And this way, if she can still get work after this movie, then to me, that is a good thing. It's like, this movie's average, it's fine. We've seen a lot of white projects that are, like, below average and not fine. But the industry doesn't think it's average. I mean, but this is the thing. It's 98%. But the audience score 60-something. The problem is, like, we can't... <laughs> The right. kind of when we could talk about things in a in a an appropriate way. I don't know if we're there yet, but I do think that audience score is very reminiscent, of even how we discuss this movie. It's like it seems like an indie darling, but as what color? Yeah, I'm the
1: sixty eight percent.
0: But but the thing, well, I guess what's funny mm-hmm. to me about
1: it is that, like, I, I'm again, I like I like this movie. It just feels like. It just feels like this movie still wound up being the thing it, Oh, like, uh, it's that's criticizing. <laughs> like, like, it's the thing that white people like and want and are like, cool. Like, yeah, this, you know, like, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it didn't get, it wasn't nominated for these awards, but, like, it was in the awards mm. discussion. Like, mm-hmm. it was made, like, it got through, like, it was a Netflix movie. They, like, they pushed it. I remember seeing the trailer for, you know, we did, we went, did wind up reviewing it. But it, but then like to audiences like like, and I'm not not even just being like, I don't know. It just it just feels like a, it just feels like it still feels mm-hmm. somewhat mm-hmm. safe, you know, mm. in 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 what it does. Um, um, I don't know. It just <laughs> it's just interesting <laughs> I, to me. Like I
4: remember there being so much buzz about it that I I really thought it was going to be. I don't know, like, people connected with it so much, and they were like, oh, did you see a four-year-old version? And, 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 that. And like, when I watched it, I kind of was like, oh, the, oh, okay, so yeah, I see, like, they're talking about, okay, rap is in it for a little bit, and then well, the family thing is in it for a little okay, teaching, and like, Hamilton, wow, there's a lot here, but it's like, it just, like, introduces them and doesn't really, not to say, like, it doesn't go there, but maybe the statement is just, like, yeah, all these things are complicated, and you just watched a movie about it, and, like, now go live your life. Like walk into the sunset eating Funyuns like D and Rana, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm shrugging. I feel like it was, I mean, I'm glad that I watched it. I feel like it's representation. And, but a lot of these things are just like unresolved. And if the point was to like start the conversations, I think they absolutely, absolutely succeeded. Yeah.
0: Anyway.
2: <laughs> um, I, while I was watching this movie... Um I was just like thinking like have you guys seen um yep. Malcolm and Marie? Cuz that's a movie I in black and I white don't like we'll
0: that. It.
2: It. Is that good? Is Malcolm and Marie g- I don't a like good? I like that
0: film. Also <laughs> you didn't All right. like Yo, can, All right. can, we can say that like people know that movie's that good too, right? I know we did it already, but like
2: I don't know, man. It's in black and white
0: and you know the actors are <laughs> like, good actors in it whatever don't get me started on nice. another bad movie james <laughs> you know what it you, you know what it is
1: i really i just wanted more of her life outside of the commentary about like black art in the theater world but also just in the art world in general like i yeah. get that that's what part of it was about but i feel like if 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 we were also just able to like, just know more about like her and like outside of just the raps, like, I don't know. I, I mean, we did get some of that. I just feel like, I I feel like I want, <laughs> I yeah. want it more.
4: I think it talks uh, a lot about like yeah. expression, but then it's not clear what she wants to express. Cause I'm thinking about how much she connected to like the cypher or the rap battle that she goes to and the brugs. And just right. like this focus on women, like, you know, it's a it's a rap battle, so they're like, I'm much better than you, and like here's a punchline and yeah. here's a you know, yeah. um, like a a, simile and a metaphor and all this, it's so like like very vicious teardowns is what it's yeah. supposed to be. And she liked that and it's like but these weren't raps about anything besides <laughs> their component like the the Right. Part-
1: it wasn't the story stuff that she that the that her the the beats dude likes her for right mm. but it, but he brought her there as like in, inspiration and I didn't know if it was just simply seeing and honestly this may be it and it and it, it's real like the radicalness of just like seeing a black wh- like a a 40- year- old black woman being inspired by other like middle-aged black women and just the fact that we just so rarely see, get to see that and there were a lot of times in this movie where I was like Man, it's so nice to just, like, live in a world where, like, there are so few white characters at the center of this story. And we're just seeing, like, you know, just all these different people who live in Harlem, you know, exist. Like, that's the stuff that felt really nice to me. Um, But then I was, like, also, like, oh, yeah, like, it would be interesting to, like, know, I don't know, to go in a little bit more about, like... What you feel outside of just the struggle of making it as an artist, you know, like, and because because mm-hmm. that's the thing I think is like is so hard for us as artists that when we we get so caught up in just the art, and when that becomes all of our lot, li- all of your life, like, you do have very little to say, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like because then like what's your life anymore? You're pulling from things that happened years and years ago but you don't even experience that anymore because you're just living this you know i don't know it, there was it was it was good it it was like again i was there was there are parts of it where i was definitely enjoying myself I, I just i don't know i felt like it was it wasn't a full course meal
0: oh someone talk That's about meals down. now i talk <laughs> about meals Anyway,
1: all right. It's time for the cause. We rate and review films not much based on how much we liked it but whether or not they helped the cause of leading black actors in Hollywood. If we think it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. Someone helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we feel like it didn't help the cause at all, Ooh, boy. we don't give it anything. All right. You guys ready? One.
4: I'm half. I'm. We're going to see what happens.
1: Two. Three. Oh. Oh. How is this possible?
4: <laughs> what?
1: Three Black Fists in one? Wow. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, defend it's
4: yourself.
0: It's like, no, <laughs> why'd you give it a- up? <laughs> why'd you give it a pump? Why'd you give it a pump?
4: Y'all just leave me hanging. Okay, so...
0: Man, okay.
4: I feel like... Because I'm trying to stay true to the rating system, right? We're talking about like how it impacts the cause of Black actors. I feel like this does a lot for like black musicians and black rappers and you know like maybe like every other medium of art I think like seeing it in a film is important and like seeing who can be like the the message tellers in terms of Mm -hmm. hip-hop like it's a different it's all these different faces and different ages and you know like creating this art I think that's important to see but I just feel like with all these questions around like what is the movie about and like, who, who is this for? And what is it critiquing? I guess that's why I feel like I don't know that it leaves the audience coming away with like, I want to see more stories like this. I feel like I would, I would really give it like a, a white palm plus like my other hand be like, well, well, hold on. Like, I don't want to, you know, it's like, a I get that. You're it's, doing a white like palm a, 0.5. it's like you have a
2: palm up but it's like maybe some of some of your fingers are down yeah
4: it's just like you know oh, wait, um, I get that.
2: Um, hold on a second it's like a it's amorphous <laughs>
4: it's an amorphous palm yeah it's like a, like a signal but um that's right. why i feel like it does a lot for other art forms but in terms of like movies like this i don't know um if i'm like itching to see more of them or if the audiences that
0: you can see more of them i will say why i gave it a fist because it's probably controversial it's solely because um rada got to do this movie honestly the fact that it did, did have some buzz and got into sundance i think it'd be really good because it it does show god i guess it does show racism in a different light but i think it is something that is palatable to whites um but also like I find Black people liked it. Like, our friend Shantan got so mad at me when I told him I didn't like this movie. He just didn't understand why. Um, also, I think the act, the kid actors I have been seeing pop up in more stuff. And I do think this movie probably, like, helped them a little bit because it is an a indie darling. And so you get one of these under your belt, it makes you more palatable to, like, Hollywood. Um, so I do think it did that. Um, and yeah, based on the system, not based on whether we like it or not, but helping the cause, I do think it helped um actors get more jobs so that's why I gave it to fierce
2: yeah i mean i'll just say like i think i reiterate mostly what Drew, just said about like it being in sundance and the 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 impact that it has had uh on the on the critic and industry side um is really really big and so you know and it being written and directed um by this black woman i just think that like it's only gonna mean her writing more stuff and i don't know i mean like looking at her indb it doesn't look like she has even been been had her foot that much into acting um but who knows if that's because she doesn't want to or because she just identifies as a playwright and like it's like oh yeah i'll do i'll act occasionally but but regardless mm-hmm. her writing and directing more is going to is going to definitely do a lot for for actors of color um and yeah and the and uh the fact that I recognized some of the young cast was really cool and and yeah I don't know and I thought and I did like the directing of this so like like her I want to see her direct more stuff because
1: um I, I liked the way that the the story was told so. yeah I mean I gave it a black fist because mm-hmm she got to do something that very few black people get to do, which is Mm -hmm. like write, act and star in her own film. You know, it got created by Netflix and and pushed in a way that uh, I, I, I know a lot of people saw it. People compared, like talked about this in the vein of like Woody Allen and Spike Lee, you know? So like, um, and she did get to show her personality, which I think she's like extremely like charming, funny, like, I want to see her in more stuff. Like, there's no reason she can't be the lead of, like, a comedy that's just, like, not about, it doesn't have to be about, like, mm-hmm. race or, like, talking about race in some, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. which, again, is, like, partly kind of, it, to me, is what f- is funny about this movie is that even in the making of this movie, she still has to do the thing that she's like, I wish I didn't have to do this, you know? She's definitely going to have another opportunity And, yeah, the other actors who got on as well. I think so, at least. Uh, So, yeah. Anyway, thank (laughs) you so much for coming on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me. It was great having you. And uh, where can people find you?
4: You know, I'm on this website called Instagram. You can open up that app. You can find me at uh, Shamara underscore, S-H-A-M-A-R-A-H underscore. Um, I also perform with the Armory Comedy on some house teams, so you can check us out there. And uh, I help facilitate workshops and like freestyle jams for Freestyle Love Supreme Academy. Um, Wait, for who? For Freestyle Love Supreme Academy. What?
0: So we ain't here talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda and you?
4: We are. Working with yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda? Wow. <laughs> I'm working with his friends and co and <laughs> co-collaborators wow. not him but you know no, yeah, you know that nigga yeah.
0: you got his, you got a <laughs> cell phone number <laughs> now nah, we know it that's cool that's a good doc too um
1: you can follow us at Blackman podcast on twitter and instagram blackmanpodcast.com is our website where you can find links to our merchandise our tea public we got uh shirts and uh you know phone cases <laughs> and pillows and masks um we also have a defunct patreon we haven't done new episodes in a while, but we have a year's worth of episodes. Yo, we up gotta there. do. Listen, you I'm, I'm gonna
2: put it out there. Come we gotta man. do Lovecraft. Okay, <laughs> we gotta do. We gotta do uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay,
1: I'm just saying. We should, I mean, if we're we gonna do that, we gotta soon. start. We gotta. We gotta, we gotta do that, that do, now. <laughs> let's do it. Let's I'm get saying it. We gotta <laughs> do <laughs> that. <Let's get laughs> <to do it. laughs> if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. Uh, we will read your review on the air. This one is by SD w one one two zero one uh as a poc actively working in television and film i adore podcasts that center around films and tv with insider knowledge i always watch things through the lens of a production person and enjoy how this trio reacts and relates to the content uh they review love the malcolm and marie episode because i also didn't like the movie regardless of how bulletproof (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: is. okay
1: well thank you guys so much for listening um we will see you next week. Peace. Forever
4: Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production, produced by Melissa D. Montz, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Silio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast dot com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.
3: Forever Dog!